0: Welcome everyone to Bear Football. And nowadays bear football is described as a really shitty football. We usually don't swear on this show, but I got a feeling there's some swear words coming up. Um I gotta I gotta start with this because this is fact. Matt Eberflus is now three and seventeen as head football coach of the Chicago Bears. He's that's thirteen straight losses. He's zero three this season. I'll start with you this time, Danny Shimon. How big of an indictment is this record against Matt Eberflus? And if your general manager Ryan Poles, are you calling him into the office and asking him to bring his playbook? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, if I'm in charge of the Bears, I'm calling both polls and heberflus in the office, and I'm, and I'm asking for both their resignations. But that's not going to happen. We all know that. So anyway, uh, and, and not only they three and seventeen, they've lost thirteen in a row. But they've lost the thirteen in a row by twenty five plus points. I think this is going to add to that average here as well. So it's it's a team that to me right now, you know, last year we gave we gave them the mulligan, right? Last year we knew what they're doing. They're stripping it down to build it back up again, and and not that. You know we had you know we had some expectations in the season that they were going to be a competitive fun team to watch not really they're going to compete for NFC north or they're gonna you know make a Super Bowl It's n- nothing like that but we just thought we were going to be see a, a, a team that was going to be on the upswing and I've seen uh, from my point of view they've taken a, a step back it, this is a regression as, as opposed on um, all angles of the team offense defense special teams has, has been okay right but the uh, everything else has just been horrible in terms of management. Uh, you know, you know, in terms of you know getting these players ready to play week in and week out, uh, you know, just the the, the schematic, you know, uh, ability to, to to make adjustments, you know, in game adjustments, make adjustments at halftime. You know, we don't see any of that stuff. And and uh, you know, Andy Reid pulled the reins on, on this on this uh, debacle early in that third quarter. I and mean, if they want, they could put a They could probably beat the the Miami Dolphins scored today. They could probably put up 70, 80 points on this Bears defense. There's there was no stopping this Chiefs offense. They had no answers for them. The, you know, Iber is is ingrained in this defense. He he refuses to bring extra pressure. You know, th- that's the thing he, when he was brought in from Indianapolis, you know, I'm not a I am not i have been on record saying I'm not a fan of this defensive play scheme or anything like that. There are different variations of it in the NFL, throughout the NFL, and they can be successful. And that's what we heard from Iberflux. He was a guy that would mix things up. You'd see you know, some man, some zone, some, some disguised blitzes. I, we've seen none of it. We've seen zip of it. And before, we were all kind of blaming it on Allen, Allen Williams, who was the, the you know preliminary play caller, and I figured Iberflux was giving him the reins to go ahead and kind of run his defense. But now, two games in, we've seen Eberflus do it. There were some blitzes last week. This week, I, I counted one or two, or a handful of blitzes. Um, you know, I have to go back and take a look at the tape to kind of you know get a total number of that. But I didn't see much. Again, no no real pressure on the quarterback. Now, obviously, when Gabbert got in there, we got a little bit more pressure there because obviously it's Blaine Gabbert. It's a different kind of story. Uh, but it's just it's just an t- utter failure. Um, I know everyone's going to point the finger on the offense and Justin and all that stuff, and and they didn't play well either. I'm not giving them any any sort of you know past year. But even if they put up 30 points, they still would have lost today's game. So I'm, I'm just saying, like you need. The the defense and the offense to complement each other. And so far we're seeing none of that. Um, I mean, I'm just getting flashbacks of, of the whole Mark Trestman era all over again here, guys. And and I hate that. The fact that they have 14 more of these games, because I know they're not gonna fire these guys in midseason, So we're gonna sit there and watch 14 more of these games is it's kind of depressing, to be honest with you. Coach T, your thoughts.
2: Yeah, I think about the record, you know what I'm saying? You throw you throw uh last year out the out the door, right? Out the window. And just focus on this year alone, right? We're just not playing, not playing good, competent football. We're not playing good, complimentary football. Uh, like Danny said, spot on with it, with the analysis, right? The defense, you know, what I'm saying you have to. When you're less talented, you have to mix things up a little bit more and bring pressures from different angles. You can't sit back and rush for and sit back with with seven and expect, you know, you know, guys to just be able to fill in the gaps and play zone. No, this is this is the NFL. You have to mix things up. But I think. Like Danny said, he did a better job last week on defense um, uh, calling the plays and mixing things up and sending pressures. But this week it seemed like Allen Williams was calling the defense. So you allow uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes and uh, KC offenses to march up and down the field on you like that. Um, Yeah, that that should be – that part of it and you supposed to be a a defensive guru should be called into question. And with the offense is exactly what I said – you know, for the last two years and what I said at the halftime show. Now, watch this. The touchdown we actually scored, somebody tell me what that route was. Please. Somebody, to my detractors, tell me what that route was. Because – Oh, no no, no, no shit. No shit. <laughs> All right. So, to my detractors, the coach, you don't know what he's talking about. Tell me. I said it was one of the first six routes that we don't call in our route tree. So, I know what the holes is. I've watched I've, – I've forgot more football – than most of y'all know at all so don't don't come with that craziness I, I, I would I would listen listen take Justin out put the young guys in and and you still have Luke Luke Getsy at the helm calling plays he may have and show some success because you'll 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 simplify your offense for your quarterback coming in the game so you'll lean more on a run but I guarantee you, you're going to hit a wall because this guy does not know what he's doing schematically, game planning wise, install wise. He does not know what he's doing. And that's for me, it's the most frustrating because that's the side of the ball I coached.
0: Yeah, it's it is frustrating. And, you know, I I always try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Uh, but I'm, I'm now on your bandwagon here. Luke Getze has got to go and I got to believe that as a temporary measure, Ryan Poles should be able to say, listen, we need help. I'm bringing in so-and-so as an offensive consultant, as, as a defensive consultant, I am not going to allow this to continue to happen without some action on my part. And we'll all sit down with the new consultants and we'll figure out what is going on wrong as we prepare for a Denver Broncos team that was annihilated today by the Miami Dolphins, this was going to be a great opportunity for the Bears to come back home after a tumultuous week at Hallis Hall that saw the uh, defensive coordinator resigning or being fired. You know, you, you take your pick after the uh, controversy with Justin Fields' comment about the coaching and that being blown out of proportion. It was just a really hellacious week at, at uh, Hallis Hall, and now is an opportunity to settle things, things down even after such an embarrassing loss and get things right so that we can be competitive against a Denver Broncos team that is reeling. Danny, what do you say about my thoughts there about you know trying to right this ship?
1: I agree. Like I, I was on, I was kind of jokingly too, uh, two weeks ago, I said, bring in Rod Marinelli as a defensive consultant. But I, but you know what? Although I, well, I agree with you, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I, these, these people are so freaking stubborn. They've so dug into the culture. Well, guess what, Ryan Poles, your culture sucks. Your culture is losing. And and this coaching staff and, and is out there just kind of, you know, wailing and talking like trustmen more and more each and every week. So it's 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 a guy that that you know a coach. He said you said earlier. I think John said it on previous shows as well. His forte. The reason why he got this head coaching job was because of his defensive specialties, his, his acumen on the defensive side. Well, guess what? I know last year you didn't have the you not have the um, you know the, the horsepower or, or the players, if you will, and and uh, and and but yeah, you still there was no creativity, there was nothing there to help you know to kind of spark. Say hey, you know what? I Maybe mean, this guy has some sort of creativity that he can you know, generate some pressure, do something. Well, this year you want to spent money on on Tremaine Edmonds and and T.J. Edwards. And while they're okay players, you know what? You guys came and told me that Roquan Smith was not worth the money that he got, right? But Tremaine Edmonds was pretty much got almost a similar kind of a contract there because Tremaine Edmonds gives you a more of a uh, a guy in, in coverage. Well, guess what? He sucks in coverage too because they can beat you and they're, they're killing you in coverage. So I rather have Roquan Smith here, who the minute you saw him leave this defense last year you saw an ultimate drop off you saw an ultimate uptick on the Ravens last year when he when he when he got on that defense you put on the Ravens game today Roquan Smith is all over the football field making plays he was a hell of a blitzer right we saw Tremaine Edmonds coming today on one of those blitzes he's like lollygagging he's a long stepper he's not as quick as twitchy as Roquan Smith so you know what Ryan Poles you, you know, that, that was a, a bad play on you on your part right there because I think I'd rather have Roquan Smith than Truman Edmonds. But again, I'm getting into the weeds here. So, but it, it, they're not going to make the change, although they're not going to bring in a consultant. They, they're not going to bring any sort of you know coaching changes or anything like that. You know, you know, we'll see what happens this week. They mentioned something about, you know, titles and all this stuff and, and maybe actually naming a defensive coordinator that's probably coming to come from this staff anyway, whether it's John Hulk or the, or, or the uh, linebackers' coach, Borganzi. Uh, It doesn't really matter because it's still this head coach that everything stops and ends with the head coach and he's not going to change. And this is what we're going to have to deal with, like I said, for the next 14 weeks. If there's a a huge change in this in this, you know, on this coaching staff or in this organization, my drop my, my jaw will drop and I'll I'll be shocked, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, Coach T, that's kind of my concern here with this Bears team is that maybe Ryan Poles uh, has not done a good job of identifying the talent necessary to get us out of this uh, – storm that we're in that's lasted years you know you look at Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds getting off to a slow start you look at Nate Davis and his personal problems and and him not helping the team win you look at you know some of the other players acquired under polls so my question for you is how concerned are you about the general manager
2: I think Danny made a good point on our last show uh, where he mentioned you know you're first time GM but the, the 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 blueprint is when you start building the roster, you start building it from the inside out, right? You have to go get your your dogs in 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 the trenches first, and then you build the team from the inside out. And if we really had trust in in Justin, why did we not always sure up uh, the offensive line for this year? Yeah, we did get two defensive linemen this year, uh, and we had money to spend, right? So what I've learned from watching this team is, um, it, you know you can you can try to do a rebuild but i think we've approached the rebuild the wrong way right we got a first time gm first time head coach first time offensive play caller which is i think is the worst part of this whole situation right you know what i'm saying there's a path on the defensive side that that if you're if you're a head coach who's now calling defense plays would just get out of his own pride and say hey i need to mix things up a little bit um that you could do something with that right but there, there are no solutions on the offensive side because the 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 coaching fraternity is so political. You got to think about this: a guy that has aspirations to either to, to come back to the league at any point, he does not. He would not want this stench on his record. He would not want this stench on his record. So you bring him in four or five weeks into the season, and I still have aspirations to get on somebody's sideline, and I'm going to be hell liable for what happened with the Chicago Bears. Yes. You know, Greg Roman came in to consult with the Chicago Bears. You think Greg Roman wants this on his on his record, his stench on his record? Nobody wants anything to do with this thing. And again, because of how we organizationally structure the organization, you can't even necessarily fire Luke Getsy right now because you go to Janeco. What's Janeco's record for calling plays? Right. He made a coach uh, coach quarterbacks. But has he done installs before? Right. Has he done game planning? Has he called games? Everybody thinks they're great at this thing, right? But like I said, I don't care what level you're at. I will take you to the local P- pee wee Recre- recreation league, and I will give you a call sheet, and I will I will say you got 24 seconds to call the right play, and I guarantee you, anybody on the other side of this call, your 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 sphinxster would tighten up so fast. You know what I'm saying? So no, it, it's not it's not easy, but we we had to go get. A season vet, and it hurts even worse when we got guys like Mike McDaniels that was out there that I was begging for. I wanted him as a coordinator. Right. I thought he needed a little bit more maturity and prepare himself for the media part of it. But he's handled Miami. He's handled Miami perfectly. He's been authentic. He's been charismatic. Um, he, he he has Miami eaten out of his hands, not only as a play caller, but he has Miami eaten out of his hands. Uh, as as a communicator to the fan base right and he's kicking tail right there that guy was out there dable was out there you know what i'm saying there was plenty of guys that was out there but we go get a guy that is 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 associated with aaron Rodgers that hadn't called plays or done install or game planning
1: since forever and what do we have that part that's That's the one thing, Coach T is is that's a name, Dable. Brian Dable was a guy who was out there, and that's the you know I wanted an offensive guy, and 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 I I I, you know for Peterson, Dable was on my list, you know you know Kevin O'Connell, and a lot of these guys were first time you know uh, you know uh, in terms of you know head coach material, but they had been play callers in the NFL, right? You go and get Luke Getzey. Who came into this to this you know highly came highly re- recommended, uh, but he was a receivers coach and then began being a quarterback coach and then became a passing game corner. He never really called plays other than back when he was in Mississippi State. So you know Brian Dable was a guy that that had been with you know Nick Saban, had been with Bill Belichick, you know had won championships on co- other coaching staffs before, and he saw what he did do with Daniel Jones, who a lot of New Yorkers were running him out our town. He's a bust. He can't do it. Well, lo and behold, Daniel, he turned Daniel Jones in one season into a guy who got a $40 million per year contract. So that's the thing with Brian dable is like guys who've done it before, guys have track records, you can go back and see their offensive scheme. Can they adjust? Can they take what their players can do and build a system around them, not take their their, their player and plug it into a – make that player fit into their system? That's the key thing here, and that's what we're seeing here in Chicago. And, and the unfortunate part is you're going to ruin another young quarterback – Right? and then they're going to go get another quarterback probably, and then you're going to probably ruin him as well if you this this kind of rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat, you know, spin cycle continues. First time, you know, a play caller, first time head coach, blah blah blah. You know, it's it's just how many more quarterbacks are we going to ruin here in Chicago, right? right. Every single quarterback, you know, the the city, the fan base, we are all craving for, you know, a young, you know, franchise quarterback. But you know what? It's an organizational failure. It's not on these quarterbacks. Look at Jordan Love. Jordan Love came in he, you know, from Utah State. That's the third quarterback now that they brought in, and now they've developed him. He, he took a little, you know, a little bit longer time. Sat for three years, sat behind Aaron Rodgers, just like Aaron Rodgers sat behind Brett Favre. And guess what? Jordan Love has come out there. You know, he's not lining up the, the world on fire, but he came back from a seventeen nothing deficit today versus a very damn good defense in the Saints, and and they, you know, he looks like he's a promising young quarterback. Because the organization knows how to develop these quarterbacks. They know what they need. And this, this organization has no clue what the hell they're doing. Like I said, even if they fire and they clean, they clean the coaching staff out, they're probably gonna go get another first-time you know, play caller, you know, probably like a like a Ben Johnson from, from Detroit or something like that. Then the next hot popular name on this list. And next thing you know, we're gonna be stuck in the same kind of cycle all over again.
0: It's uh, it, by the way, uh, the bears have started the transmission of their live press conference, so uh, in the middle of any of your responses, if they go live, I will uh, politely interrupt you but coach t if uh you were to get a call from ryan pose and say help me out here tell me what i should do here in the interim so that we that way we don't become you know uh our fans don't have to wear paper bags to football games what can we do to immediately jump start this offense i
2: <laughs> that's hard right I, I think they need to look they need to look do some self-introspection right he needs to him and, his, but him, him and his boy Ian need to get together, right? And, and they need to be honest about how they began to construct this roster. One of the things I said last year was I think Ryan and e, Ian, because, one, Ryan played offensive line and Ian uh, played offensive line, they might have overestimated their ability to find Jim offensive linemen in, uh, in, in, in later parts of the draft, right? So I'm ai always I always use this analogy when I'm coaching like coaching players and doing my install, right? I start with the line. That's the engine to the the offense is a vehicle. The offensive line is 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 the engine, right? So you get the choice. You get the choice of, of a brand new factory offensive line or brand new factory engine or you can go get a rebuilt, right? Transmission and, and engine, right? And take your chances on you know whether that that engine was involved in a flood or whatever happened with that engine. It's the what they've done with this offense and defense, right? They've gone out there and they stop for pieces um, where they should be saying, "Okay, I want a V6, V12 engine to make this to make this engine of an offense and defense go right." So um, my 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 answer to your question, Aldo, is honestly, I'm being frank with you. Honestly, I don't know how you fix this big of a mess other than you go down. To your offensive coordinator. It, and if you really know football, like you say you know football, Ryan Pose, you go down to your offensive coordinator and say, Listen, I wanna see, I, I, we can't fire anybody. So I wanna see X and number, you gotta start micromanaging a little bit. You gotta say, I wanna see X and number of plays. And this is what Ibraflu should be doing, not Ryan Pose. You gotta say, I wanna see X and number, you give them guardrails, right? You give them guidance. I want to see X a number of plays under center, right, from this quarterback. I want to see X a number of play action passes from under center, right? And I want to see X a number of short routes, those routes I see you that tree. I want to see, I'm going to give you leeway. I'm going to give you, if if we're averaging, say, 70 plays, I'm going to give you 35 plays to do it your damn way. But I'm out these 35, and with these 35, this is what I want to see. And that has to come from Ryan Pose or Matt Eberflus, And he said, at the end of the day, whether we lose or win, we're going to sit down and compare your 35 and my 35 and see who yields the bit better results, right? And then we'll start. No matter what happens, Luke Getzee is in school right now, right? He's in school right now. So this the remainder of this season right now is going to be him learning on the job. This is OJT. And so he has to start micromanaging Luke and saying, this is exactly what I want to see out of you. I want to see... Five deep balls, right? Off of play action. I wanna see uh extra number of plays for under, under center, extra number of plays with a full back in the game out of 11 to 12, 13 personnel. Like start prescribing for him what he wants to see. Help him with his game planning because obviously he 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 does have he doesn't have um his, he we talk about Justin's head being all over the place. Guess what? Luke's is all over the place because his play calling is all over the place. Has no rhyme or reason, and again, all that filters into the game. It, it that's it, It's just a manifestation of what's going on to your coordinator. Look at what. Look at what. Uh, look at what Andy Reid did today. Polar opposite. How many times did we see Kelsey go out five yard hits, turn around, and just catch the ball? It's that
1: simple. It's that simple. So. Yeah. But, but, Coach, you're, you're kind of taking a, a huge leap there, assuming that Ryan Poles knows what the hell he's doing. I mean, again, guys, I am not convinced Ryan Poles is a good general manager, right? right. So far, the only move he's made that actually has, has been somewhat decent was trading Khalil Mack for a second-round pick. Right. because Obviously, Khalil Mack looks like he's, he's pretty much at towards the end of the tail end of his career. Other than that, every other move that he has, he has made has either flopped Right. Let's go back to the Larry Okunjobi signing. That that was was a disaster. His first free agent signing to Nate Davis. You know, I, I'll touch on earlier. You know, I was a harsh critic of the, you know, the the training of the number one pick. I don't think they got enough in terms of assets. Everyone said, oh, they got a number one receiver. I'm like, did they? Did yeah. they get a number one receiver? Yeah. Because you know what, A number one receiver comes in and makes instant impact. And, and, yeah. and you know, whether it's Stephon Diggs or A.J. Brown or whoever you want to talk, those are number one receivers. D.J. Moore was a guy who put up stats at Carolina. Talented receiver. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent, but is he a true number one? That was my question when the trade was made. So every move that Ryan Poles has made, we talked about earlier, Tremaine Edmonds is out of Roquan Smith. Obviously, you know, you know some of some of the draft picks, they're still young, they're still developing. But, you know, I've been calling for Aldo and Coach i I've been calling for Terrell Smith to, to get on this football field and replace Tyreek Stevenson. And you know what? If it wasn't for, I think he might have suffered a concussion, Tyreek Stevenson. If it wasn't for that, we probably still wouldn't see Terrell Smith. And Terrell Smith didn't have a a perfect game, but you know what? He made some plays out there. I saw him, you know, break up a play. I saw him make some tackles. You know, let's see these guys come in. You know, obviously Stevenson is struggling. He's a rookie. He's getting picked on. Let's, you know, maybe rotate him in there with with Terrell Stevenson. Let's see what's going on here. We need to go to safety. And he probably has the the most brutal safeties of of the entire NFL, right? And every time you guys make a hit or make a play, they're they're on the floor, they're hurt, right? And that's the thing. His first two picks were were, were secondary players. You're a guy that that played Ryan Poles. You're a guy that played in the NFL in the trenches. You play offensive line. You know your first two picks. You, you should have come in and said, you know what, this offense and defensive lines either side need to be addressed immediately. And his first two picks. We're secondary players and that's why I don't get that I don't understand that and and there's a ton of moves that he's done that I can question he's only been a while here in, in three games here so so I' mean obviously you're gonna give him a, another season but I have no confidence in Ryan Poles. I have no confidence in, in Eber I and I the only person that I have some glimmer of hope that knows what the hell he's doing I don't I don't already proof yet but it's Kevin Warren Kevin Warren you know, I know he's he's busy trying to get this this uh the stadium built, but guess what? If your product on the field sucks, who's gonna want you to come in and put right. invest money and and pay tax extra money to have your team play there? You know, so it's like you you are gonna want. To, that's my only hope is is Kevin Warren with the the amount of years he spent in the league, the context he has, knows if he has to make a change, who he needs to bring in, and if he has to, you know, part of my But if he has to neuter Ryan Poles and say, you know what, we're firing this coaching staff, we're hiring. Pick a name, Jim Harbaugh, for example. You're that's going true. to be the personnel guy. You're going to get, you're going to get Jim Harbaugh the kind of players he needs, and that's how it's going to work. I mean, if, if that's that's my only hope, is is Kevin Warren will step in at one point and say enough is enough. Didn't execute the All way right,
0: right. we've too. got uh, this, Matt uh, Eberflus at the podium. I hope um, you can hear it. The audio is going to gonna be a little low, uh, uh, so we'll do the room best room we can about,
3: here. Uh, the ability to uh, focus and the ability to fight, you know, for for each other, and we got to keep this thing tight in our locker room. Um, that's the most important thing. There's going to be a lot of outside noise, um, as there always is in the NFL, um, and uh, we played three games so far, uh, in in the, you know in the season. So, uh, if the guys keep doing that uh, individually um, and keep working, um, then we're going to ha- have this thing crack. Uh, we got a great opportunity ahead of us. Uh, we got two games in 11 days, and uh, so we're going to focus on that and focus on being uh, being the best versions of ourselves every single day uh, as we go through practice this week. Got to take a hard look at this tape um, and evaluation and uh, make the corrections uh, that we need to make. And then uh, we got to move forward and keep getting better. So, uh, again, like I said, it was a a tough game today. And uh, how we respond to that is going to be important uh, for each individual man uh, in the locker room, each each individual coach. Uh, We got to make sure we take a look at ourselves and what we can do better and how we can uh, execute and uh, put a better product out there. Matt, when you look at this team on paper, it's full of talented
2: players, some like DJ Moore, even Justin Fields. So logically, the onus then falls on what
0: is the coaching staff not doing? From your perspective, what is it that you all are not doing that you should be to get this ship right?
3: Yeah, I would just say that we got everybody's got to take a hard look at what they're doing. You know, in terms of the the schemes we're running, what we're doing, uh, just to help put up. we we're, we're in charge to put our players in position to execute. And that's what the coach does and develop the players at the same time. And uh, we just got to do a better job, you know. And then, the, you know, then it's all also on the players because it is a partnership. Both of us together, um, the execution, the product on the field is always player and coach. It's very rare that a game gets that lopsided that quickly in this league. How do you describe what happened in the first half? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we did a, a decent job with the first, you know, series on defense. You know, we end up uh, then uh, had some takeaways there at the end. Um, you know, we end up giving a couple of drives up you know, there, give us some big, a uh, couple of big plays there, um, you know, and then really the takeaways at the end there gave up another 10 points, you know, so that's where it got kind of lopsided. Um, you know, it was a little bit difficult, you know, playing that skill. And we lost some DBs um, today, um, got out of some of our packages, um, you know, so that's what happens when you, when you lost three corners. Uh, but uh, other than that, it was, uh, it was, you just got to execute better. Uh, now, about look,
1: looking back on it, you now, what toll do you think feeling we had on
3: that? Um, you know, the guys hung on there tight. They were tight. They were, they were together. Never any, you know, dissension or, or finger pointing or anything. I don't, I didn't think, I didn't feel that it was effective, you know, affecting us at all. Uh, to be honest with you, that, that locker room is tight and it's going to have to be tight now. I mean, there's going to be a lot of outside noise and we got to do a great job of just staying together. And what we do is what we have to do on the practice field. We got to do it there. We got to take a hard look at the corrections that we need to make you know, for this for this particular game and then where we're going in the future. Like I said, we got, you know, two games in 11 days and that's going to be a big part for us uh, this season.
0: Matt, what problems
3: did you see in Justin's game today? You know, uh, problems, I mean, I saw that, you know, a couple good execution plays that he had, a few execution plays that he made some good throws, you know, and, I you know, it's not always on him, you know, so there's some, uh, it's always, you know, it's protection, right, it's the routes, it's guys, uh, you know, running, you know the route's the correct way, which they did right for the most part. We got to do a better job there of just executing as a whole unit, not only on offense but on defense and special teams was sour today, but uh, certainly on those two other groups. What about an honest assessment of his performance, of Justin Fields' performance today? Yeah, you know I'm going to go look at the tape. You know with it, I have to go look and see every play because every play is really by itself. You know, there's you know when you look at a play, you know there's a there's a, a call, there's a motion, there's a protection, there's a route. You know, and then there's adjustment to the route. So you got to look at every single one of those plays.
4: When he gets hurt in the goal or gets shaken up in the goal yeah. zone and he goes out, what was the decision that went
0: to bring him back in the
3: game? Well, he was cleared, right? So he came out. We were going for it on fourth down there, uh, but he came out. So then I decided to kick the field goal, right? And then uh, then he was cleared, and then he was ready to go. way a game coming out of a, a possession change. How does that happen? Yeah, that, that should not happen. That should not happen. Uh, we should be on point there. We should be ready to go. We should snap that ball. Now, I thought he snapped it on the, on the you know, because they usually give him a, a heartbeat tick there after that. Um, so um, I thought he did that. So and that happens all the time in the game.
4: When you talk about the outside noise that you know is coming, it's going to be mostly negative. What do you look at and say? These are the positive things that we've done. These are the things that I'm proud of that we've done in this, you know, year and a quarter or however long it's been. Yeah, there's been some good things. I
3: mean, there's been some good drives, right? We saw some last week, right? We saw some at the, the second half here. So there's been some good things, uh, you know, with that, you know, and also so def- defensively, there's been some good things, some good moments in there. I mean, it's got to build upon that. Like I said, this is a new football team. We got thirty-some new guys that are coming together that are playing, you know, the game together for the first time for three games, you know, so. Um, it's a process to that. Um, it's certainly not where we want it to be, but to get there, we're going to have to have focus. We're going to have to have fight. We're going to have to have uh, be resilient. We're going to have to block out outside noise. You know, you, if you're, you know, we're going to have to do all those things. You know, and then keep a positive, optimistic attitude about it as a group. And if we do that, guess what? If you keep doing that, it will crack. It will crack. And so that's the biggest thing. That was my message to them in there. And like I said, the opportunity got coming right around the corner. What gives you optimism that at 0-3 right now with the way this has gone, that it can turn for you guys? Yeah, just the work patterns. These guys are working. These guys are working. Like you said, we got talent. You know, We got some talent on the squad for sure, and uh, we just got to keep working. Coaches got to keep working, right? We got to keep putting players in position to make plays, right? Players got to keep working, right? So it's about being determined and having that determined attitude, okay, and the can-do attitude that we can get this done. Now,
1: are you going to bring in anybody else on the coaching side of defense? To help whether it's
3: meetings or, or to coordinate yeah that's certainly something that we could do It's something we're always looking at you know we'll always look to evaluate that again this is a new process for us that we get that we're going through right now but uh, you know if we feel that it can help the squad you know help that side of the ball we'll definitely do that but again we'll look at all options as we go and make sure it's got to be the right fit you
1: need
3: to do that though if you're going to do it. Um, you know it's it's a process we'll, we'll talk about it we'll, we'll figure out where it is. Now, why hasn't this come together faster? Three weeks in and saying it's still is coming together. There's been a lot of preparation that's gone into this. It's the end of September. Why aren't you guys better? Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it was maybe because of the preseason with all the injuries that we had. We didn't have a lot of play together. Um, you know, that's obviously real. Um, you know, we didn't get a lot of chance play in the preseason the way we wanted to and practice like we wanted to together in terms of the offensive line, in terms of the defensive line. Uh, linebacker there's there's a bunch of guys that were out and that's just where it was you know so that's the adversity that we had and um that could be a reason um but i'm not saying making excuses because we you know we should be farther ahead you know but we you know are playing together for the first time practicing together for the first time so um you know we're going to see it come together but you know that has to be have to be a a determined attitude and we got to do a great job of working every single day Justin, should Justin be farther along now? I mean, it's his second year when he he was not hurt during the preseason. He was at every practice. Yeah. He's like, again, there's no one more determined than, than uh, fields. You know, Justin is, is, working his tail off. And again, uh, we're finding, you know, the, the flow for him and we just got to keep doing it. You know, we got to keep doing it. You know, we got to find, you know, how to you know let him do his thing and explode. And again, it's not just about Justin, you know, it's about it's about everybody on the offense, you know, so we just got to keep doing that. And it's not just about offense. We got to do a better job on defense. You know, if we stop, stop them and give them short field and take the ball away, um, that that's the job of the defense to make it easier for the offense. You know, you got to keep doing that. And our guys know that on defense too. do more with the game
4: day elevations. Why make those two guys, especially in safety? elevated and then make them inactive
3: today. I felt like you could have used that depth with all the. Yeah, speed. yeah, we were just worried about, you know, potential injuries, you know, but we just, you know, wanted to make sure we had those guys available to us if we needed them. Last one Patrick's play today. For them. Um, um simple so uh, Yeah, it's about like I've seen in the past. I mean, you know, he made some off script, you know, plays. Certainly the throwing third down on the um on the sideline was was, was, was uh was a good play by him. Um and again, we had him in the pocket a little bit, and he extended some plays. I thought our coverages were good um, in those moments, and we just got to do a better job of staying in our matches, you know, in the scramble drill, and then working them, keeping working them in the pocket. So um, that's what I saw. Again, he played he played outstanding.
0: I'm going to go to you first, Coach T. That is the end of Matt Ibrulus's press conference. Uh, Justin Fields should be joining us in 10 or 15 minutes. Uh, what were your thoughts regarding what Eberflus said?
2: Well we can tell it's getting to him, first of all, right? It's yep. Starting to start starting to wear the pressure on his face and his shoulders. So yeah. uh, that that's the obvious. Uh but but uh you know, here here's the thing, right? You're gonna you're gonna, you know, Coach Speak, unless you're winning, like Coach Speak is part of it. You're not gonna get a whole lot of charisma and personality and all that stuff when you're losing like this, right? Coach Speak is part of it because you one, you can't throw your quarterback, your old line, your wide receiver your OC, your DC under the bus, right? You have to kind of speak very vaguely, and that's the part that kind of frustrates us us as fans because you can't come out and, you know, you can start to open a statement with something like, yeah, listen, we just sucked. We sucked on offense. We sucked on defense. Um, We sucked on special teams and then you start, you know, once you start getting into the details of the questions, um, it kind of get lost in the sauce of trying to explain everything that went wrong. It's, it's fresh off the field. And I know that feeling it never feels good to have to speak to that stuff after it. Um, But I believe again, you know, I said earlier, so I want to pull something back. I said, listen, we can't fire. Let's get see. We've already got rid of the DC. Um, That side of the ball is what it is. But Um, I think he needs to make a statement. Right. It's not coach. It's not that we're losing. It's how we're losing. Right. From 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 somebody that understands that it's how we lose and it gets the most frustrated. It's not competent football. It's not. It doesn't look like good football. And from that standpoint, only from that standpoint, only you can go into those into your coach's offices and say, hey, let's have a conversation. You either need to micromanage or you need to get rid of the guy. Right, So I was like, hey, you probably can't get fire see at this st- standpoint in the season. But what do you have to lose? I believe either Simo, which I think he's the lesser of the two, or Tyke would give you just as much at as L- Getze right now in this offense. You, you have to take a chance on something, uh, producing something better than what you have. So I would say, you know, I've seen some of Luke Simo's uh, uh, kind of drills and stuff that he kind of coaches on. It kind of gives me cause for concern. But I, I would say give Ty Tober the opportunity at, at calling plays or let the two of them together come together and put together a game plan, one the running game, one the passing game, and get the other guy out the building. And that should send a ripple wave through your building to say, hey, we're starting a process now because we can't wait till we get to the end, end of the season to start the firing process. We already got rid of D.C., right? But you, you need to start at the lowest level and start getting, ready, co- getting rid of coaches as the season goes, right? But keep just enough a skeleton crew for you to be able to, you know, run games and whatnot. So yeah, it's all over the place.
1: This coach, first of all, gives me no no confidence. That he, that first of all, that he knows what he's doing, right? If you're a player in the locker room, you're going to run through a wall for this guy. And I know I know he's out there doing his coach speak to the media. But I mean, come on, you know, the fact that he's about oh the preseason we had injuries. Well, you know what? You rested your starters, all right? You know what? we had injuries. Fine, we understand that. But you have injuries now, so in order to prepare your team for for the regular season, play the damn players, play your damn starters, let them get some reps. Three weeks into the season, you shouldn't be saying, "Oh, you know what? We're still coming together." That's bullshit. You had you had you had OTAs, you had you know the, the training camp, you had, you had you know preseason, all that crap. This is not three weeks into the season. Oh, we're still coming together. This guy is out there. He's in over his head. You could tell he's out there. He's nervous. He's not looking straight into the camera. He's not a guy that you would, as a player, would run through through a wall for. Uh, you know, it's it's. All they're going to do is going to continue extending this this you know this drip of of you know suffering that we're going through here until the end of the season, and then we hope and pray that someone at House Hall will kind of look at it and say, you know what. It's time to make a change because a, you're ruining, you know, Justin Fields. You're ruining whatever talent you have on that offense, whether it's 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 the you know the receiver more, the running backs, you know, whatever talent you have up front, you're, you're ruining it with with this guy running this running this this coaching staff. And you know, I I don't see any any answers. I don't know if it feels it feels us at the podium.
0: So What's different last year
2: as compared to this year when you're not succeeding? Well, got a lot of in that question
4: got to make it simple.
2: What's happening this year
3: where well, you used to succeed last year, why aren't you succeeding this year? In terms of what? In terms of
4: running the ball. It seems when you had lanes to run, you didn't run. i um, talking about like on pass plays or design runs? Pass plays. This game, not, they had a good game plan. They had a, basically a spire on me, but it was linebacker where they only rushed three. Had a linebacker spying me or they had a DB spying me. So uh you know, um, when you have that much success last year, uh, teams are gonna try to game plan and stop that, so they're not gonna just not account for me. So, uh, I mean, that's the answer to your question. What can change for you? Of course, you know, teams do adapt to every single player. What can change for you to get past that? I mean, I can't do, I can't control what they do on you know their side of the ball. I just got to play both. So. See on the interception.
3: Uh,
4: yeah, um, high low on the. Uh, the uh, hook defender right there. So um, I tried to get him to come down on cold, fit down a little bit. And then, of course, went back to the ball and, you know, tip balls are never good against, uh, you know, tip balls are never good over the middle. You know, never, never want that. So that's why they were able to take that off. But I mean, if you put too much air then you don't want your receiver to sip it. So, um, you know, I just tried to put it over there. I mean, if you go back and look at it, did you see the play? Yeah. So i come down, to down. I'm trying to get it over we at that well and, so, yeah
3: Justin the parts that you can control what needs to
4: be better in your performance I think we all need to be better I need to be better um, and yeah I just to call it a reality check do you feel like this is the kind of game that feels that way
3: or do you think of adversity and reality check and all those cliche terms do you feel like you're
4: kind of at the point right now um, you know of course I think with the outcome um, you know of course, nobody on this team wanted this, but um, I, I don't know if I would call it a call it a reality check, but um, because I do think the guys every day um, come in, you know, focus, get better. I think last uh, Friday, I think we did have a good practice then, so um, I think we just got to keep working, and um, just just when the second coming up, so. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's all we can do is just just keep working, and keep going.
1: Everyone's
0: three now with just losing streak continue. Where do you draw confidence that this thing can turn to
4: you guys? Um, all we need is one to get this thing going. Um, I don't know if I told y'all that, but the Lions started one and six last year and they almost made the playoffs. So uh, just keep that faith, keep going, and the big picture is the third game of the season. You know, so uh, we got fourteen left at least. So just keep going, keep working. That's it. Doesn't it be
3: like in the first quarter, some of the runs from Cleveland, some of your plays? Was
4: kinda of like an indicative of the work you guys did, like start feeling camera a little Uh yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, that was a game plan coming in, you know, just uh kinda try to run the ball, get the get the run game going. And um uh, I think we did a pretty good job of that. But of course it's tough to keep that game plan going, you know, when you know you start getting down, of course you gotta try to uh, put more points up and um you know, they had a really talented defense out there and they executed well, so yeah.
3: Justin, why is it off to this bad of a start, given the expectations that you guys had and some of the continuity? I know that some players are new, but you've been with Gatsy
0: for a while. There is some continuity. Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm
4: not about to answer that question, to be honest with you. But yeah. uh, you said you keep working. Is there something that you
2: had to make changes in the routine, or do you just got
4: to keep things tight and doing You just got to you know, focus on you know, what we need to get better at. Uh, you know, hang. Uh, I think that's it. Just, just focus on the detail. Um, like there is one play where, you know, guys mess up the formation. So we just gotta, you know, be on top of everything. And, uh, just, you know, be really locked in and focused each and every play. this team is Looking for an identity or just not executing the identity that you feel like already in play. I think both, um, you know, it's just tough for us because, you know, on the offense side of the ball, we've had a lot of injuries up front. So we got guys rotating and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think the guys that have come in, I think they've stepped up and done a good job. So, um, you know, just, uh, just, just trying to, you know, get that full identity, and then once we do, uh, we'll be rolling. We'll be good. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm looking at it like the big picture, uh, just life in general, to be honest with you, and I think. You know this past week has had me kind of look at it like what are the important things in life because you know when things are going good you can you feel me like not say whatever but you know I think these past couple of weeks uh have made me appreciate you know the little things in life you know uh like being able to play this game so um you know every opportunity I get to go out there and play I'm gonna have fun I'm gonna play my artist and you know, just, just thank God for uh, giving me the ability to play. So, uh, you know, uh, no matter what the scoreboard is, I want to keep them the same mindset. In, um, just just keep pushing and keep moving forward. So when you
3: guys want numbers two like this, this is not numbers you want to look at on the box score. they're not numbers that you can treat the you can pull up. What do you think of when you look at the stats uh, after a game like this and you look at the score when you, when you believe
4: it's not? You. I think the only stat that matters is the scoreboard. So, uh, you know, of course, that wasn't on our side today. So keep going, but I'm not a... I'm looking at what was my completion percentage of day. Like, I'm not going to do that. But some games are going to be higher than normal. Yeah. Some games are going to be lower than you know, what I expect. So this is what it is. But I'm not going to pull up ESPN, watch the box. Like, yeah. All
0: right. I got to say that that was one frustrated human being mm-hmm. and you know to all of the Bears fans it's a reminder that he is a human being and he's you know he's hurting right now and I'm so glad he those last two questions were posed to the guy because he showed some authenticity the fact that he is feeling like he's privileged to play this game the fact that he you know is self-aware of what's going on he 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 gave us a look into that, and I, I appreciate that. Uh, as a Bears fan, you know, I want them to win, and I'm going to make jokes when they're going to lose because it's the way I deal with pain. But deep down, you know, first and foremost, I care about these guys. I care deeply about these guys, and I wish them all well. Danny, your thoughts about uh, the Justin Fields press conference?
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, you could tell the guy's frustrated, and, and you, know, you you could tell he's holding back what he really wants to say. I mean, if, if you give him truth serum right now, I think he's going to go ahead and open up and just kind of go off on. I think he feels like he's not being put in a situation where he can take advantage of of his skill set and and other players on offense's skill set as well. I think he feels like you know they're they're being you know kind of what's that old phrase a, a round peg in a square hole or something like that or vice versa. However. I think I mis- I might have said that incorrectly, but they're, they're they're being put into this situation where they. They feel like they're not putting being put in the best situation to succeed. And that's what makes me laugh when I hear Ibra go up there, talk about you know, as a staff, we're gonna try and put these guys in the best situation. Well, you're not doing that, not on the offensive side and not on the defensive side either. So, you know, it you have to make adjustments. And and the one thing Justin touched on here, and something that I touched on in previous you know, shows is yeah, you know, you can get off to a slow start, Lions got off to one and six start. But then they make adjustments and they came back. But the Lions have a staff, have a coach and Dan Campbell that will go out there. And if he needs to, he'll call a player out. But, you know, he's a guy that that players want to play for. He inspires confidence. He builds confidence within players. And things might not have been going well early on last year. But you know what? He kept at it. He kept, you know, he kept that fire in him. I don't see that same kind of exuberance or that same kind of confidence spewing, spewing out of uh, out of Matt, you know, I ears and, and 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 pores or anything like that. So that's why I have no faith. I have no faith that this staff is gonna make any sort of adjustments. I have no faith they're gonna put these players in any sort of position to succeed or get better. You know, if if Luke he went ahead and did what he did last year in terms of adjusting the offense for Justin to Justin's strengths. And he's not doing it now. We saw, you know, today we saw. I think he had Justin had I think uh, eleven carries for forty seven yards. That's more than he's had previous games. But it's it's still not the offense we saw coming out uh, versus New England last year. So that tells me Luke Getsy might be you know being told, hey, this is why we want to. This is the offense we want to run. This is how you're gonna run this offense. You know, that's that's what I'm thinking, and that could be coming from up top. I could be coming from Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and saying, you know, we need Justin to go ahead and, and and show us that he can play from the pocket and blah blah blah. I don't know. I'm just guessing right now, but it's just sure. everyone's frustrated. Everyone in the locker room, from the players, it, it, from the you know, from the first player to the third player, even to the practice squad players, you can tell they're frustrated. When they, that score was 34 to nothing, you they showed us a shot at the. At the bench and and all the players had head down. That was that was in the second quarter, guys. Their heads were down, shoulders were slumped. They're done. That that team mentally was done in that second quarter, and that is not because that's because of the, the fact that the coaching staff exudes no confidence that they're going to get these players in, in a position to succeed and win games. So, you know, I, I do agree with Justin in terms of you know one win can go and spark things, can can get a little bit of momentum going. But just—I think they're being held back, and—and and my my thing is it starts from the top all the way down to the bottom. Um, you know, obviously the, the talent level is not great here uh, in terms of the overall roster. The depth isn't great, but you you know you have some talented players both on offense and defense, and they're not being put in positions to succeed. Especially uh, some of the schematic calls, some of some of the defensive calls. I just don't feel like these players are being utilized at their utmost talents.
0: Coach, I know you've got some of your own thoughts to share, but I'd like to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. When I was uh, in my early 20s, that was the era of Mike Ditka. And I really appreciated what Ditka did for the organization in terms of he came in with a thunderstorm and said, you know, he changed the culture from guys who were apathetic. He took wide receiver Ricky Watts' equipment out of his locker room and threw it out. You're not gonna play for me because he was dogging it in practice and so forth. But as his years went on as head coach of the Chicago Bears I became less and less in thro- uh, in favor of that attitude he started to lose players cuz they started to feel alienated by the head coach. And there were other issues, too. He was eating up their promotion dollars and stuff. But I always loved Bill Walsh as a coach because he was very innovative. I mean, he's the inventor of the West Coast offense, so to speak, with Sid Gilman, had a lot to do with it, too. And he was, you know, he would get mad when he needed to get mad. So I'm asking you a long-winded question, Coach, you, what's your philosophy? I feel like Eberflu should have just gone off on some of the players in the sideline for for their effort or lack of effort as opposed to disguising that lack lack of effort and coming out in that press conference and, and basically lying to us.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that's a weird thing nowadays. although I haven't been on the sidelines since in, in six years, right. And even now, right, when I go hang out with coach friends or, or go down back down to Florida, right, and just go to see how my coach friends are, are running their football teams, um, you realize that even being um, profession and the environment uh, around coaching has changed. The kids have changed, and therefore, you know what I'm saying, the kids have changed. You think? keep in mind, Justin's 24, right? A lot of these guys are in their 20s. And so the kids have changed, and therefore a lot of the coaching philosophy has changed, Right. We 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 we're in this soft parenting era that we're in right now, and um, you know I remember having been gone uh, a, a few seasons and then going back and trying to coach. And I you know I have a pretty uh, a pretty stern um, um, you know kind of kind of coaching philosophy, right? Especially because offensive football is so detailed. You have to be on the you know small details of it. So I, I was pretty stern, and I would get on kids and stuff like that, and then you know. You know, I, you know, come back and then head coach is like you know well, we need to we need to try and say it a different way and all this other stuff. And then there's like a like a big push now in coaching to uh, of no profanity and all this other stuff. Like it's a weird world that coaches live in nowadays. I don't, you know, when it's time for me to go back, I don't know what I'm gonna step into. To be honest with you, um, so I, it's hard for me to describe because we're we're in this soft. You know, what I'm saying even the kids, even the players. Uh, it goes back – it's a small thing to you guys, but it's it's a big thing to me. You're going into – we're in the jersey swap era, right, Post game, We're swapping jerseys and taking pictures and all this other stuff. You know, uh, uh, go back to the first game and, and you know, we're, we're going up against our arch rival. And, you know what I'm saying, our starting quarterback comes in his, in his, in his tablecloth outfit. You know what I'm saying? I know that's a small thing, but, you know, I, I remember the, the teams like the U of the 90s, right, when they're playing when they're playing Notre Dame, they get off the plane in full army fatigues. Like, we just had a different mentality, you know. what I'm saying, growing up, you know, as being high schoolers in the 90s and stuff like that. And I think, with, with and even in the 80s, guys like Coach Dicka, um, Coach Landry, um, and some of these other coaches that would be like, you know, I think it's more of a negotiation. That's why you hear, um, Coach Eva Flew talk about the partnership all the time. That's starting to be. His 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 uh his catchphrase like Nagy had his catchphrase, it's all about the partnership, the partnership. I'm getting tired of hearing about the partnership because guess what? You know, sometimes sometimes, you know, there has to be a definitive leader in the situation. Like you know what I'm saying, that's great. You know, we we have, you know, you, you know, we, we have a partnership in my house. We have a partnership, but sometimes when when the fire is going down range, right, and we're in the heat of battle, somebody gotta make the call, right? And and that's you know, it's it's that it's that hard part of negotiating that that we're changing, we're changing it as society as a whole, and that's filtering its way into our sports on every layer. Look at the NBA now, you know what I'm saying? You can't even talk to a kid in the NBA now, they make more money than the coach. So you know what <laughs> I'm lot, saying? Like, a hey, lot they, more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they go they go in the owner's suite, go to the owner's office and be like, Hey man, I'm your 250 million dollar guy. Hey, I don't like that guy. Get rid of him. So it's weird like that. I think the I think the one thing that they can do, I think that one thing that they can do as coaches in this era is, you know what? You don't have to get on a kid. You don't have to get on a kid. You don't have to get a player. All right, you don't want to do it my way. Bet. Check this out. Watch this. Go sit on the bench.
1: Yeah, come concept- sit on the bench.
2: Like we we're not, we're not talking. We're not. I'm not going to go back and forth with you. So I tell you what. All right. I'm. I would. I'm gonna leverage the power I do have. So I tell you what. Go. 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 Sit down. I think Andy Reid did that to his tackle today. During the game, you've exactly. been talking to him about his alignment for weeks. Okay, second half, come out, go sit on the bench, right? Think about it, so you don't have to come out in the press conference and flip over the flip over the podium, right? And, and embarrass the kid. But you know what I'm saying? And then it'll leak out. And he started out that way. He started out that way. I think for 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 I got to go back to this because Danny said something real, real, real key, right? When it gets this bad, you start getting the conspiracy theories about what the ownership is doing, what the GM is doing, what the coaching staff is doing. Are they forcing him to do this or that that other? And the frustrating part for me about Getse is this. Early on, I was at the Green Bay game last last year in in Lambeau. I saw the running concepts. I saw the power plays. I saw the counter plays. I saw the wham concepts. He is running a totally different offense philosophically than it was last year when i say guys you don't have to believe me but i'm passionate about this thing because it's what i know it is polar opposite of what it was last year right you saw a little bit of it in our first drive listen so you don't have to know football you guys saw the pulling guards mm-hmm. and pulling tackles right Counter we, the counters Counter the counters the powers that is Work. what we were and it was working okay so if that worked for you make – where's your wrinkle off that play that worked? You check that off on your call sheet. You said that worked. And then – To your call sheet, you have three or four counter plays off of that play that says, okay, this worked. So I'm going to line up in that same formation. I'm going to make them think I'm running that same play again, but I'm going to run the counter play off of that play. Fools you, defensive coordinator, touchdown. But he doesn't do that, and it drives me effing nuts like or run a or run a play action pass off that play as well yeah yeah that's 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 one of that's one of your listed plays in there you have okay here's your here's your main play here's your power play here's your counter play here's your play play action off of that play okay i'm gonna run a jet sweep off of that play you add wrinkles to it 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 gets so frustrating i I said this the other night on twitter i said you know what i think i'm gonna start charting just as a nerd i'm gonna chart all of kyle and's plays throughout the season to make me feel good about football again, because I feel like I'm getting dumber watching this team.
1: (laughs) And the one thing about the head coach is, I feel the head coach needs to be a CEO of of the organization. Everything starts and stops with that head coach. You need a strong figure up top where everyone, from the equipment crew to the field management crew, everyone respects that head coach. That head coach, everything's got to run through him. And Aldi made a great point in terms of Bill Walsh. You know who the modern day Bill Walsh is? No, it's the coach that was the opposite of the of the field today. And that's Andy Reed. He's a guy that that gets in there. He's a guy that's innovative. He's a guy that that all the players respect. You know, they all call him big red. You know, they he's a fun, loving guy. But you know what? When he when he means business, he means business. And Jawan Taylor was a was a case in point today. Jawan Taylor, a big 80 million dollar offseason signing by the by the uh the Chiefs. But you know what? Jawan Taylor keeps effing up. And he keeps effing up and he keeps costing them. You know, they're up 34. Was it, it might have been 41 or nothing at that point, but it was a false start. And that's that multiple false starts. He benched him last week versus the Jacksonville Jaguars, and he benched his ass again. And he, he had him in there in garbage time in the fourth quarter playing. So that's that's what I'm talking about. You don't have to yell and scream and be great players like Aditka did and the old school stuff. You just have to have the respect. And he, Andy Reid, has the respect of every single person in that organization. Bill Walsh had the respect of every single person in that 49ers organization. That's what you need. And when you look at Eberflus, when you look at Matt Nagy, when you look at Mark Tressman, the last few coaches here, none of them, none of them exuded that type of respect. None of them demanded that type of respect. So that's the things you have to go and get someone, okay, that, that can that can demand that type of respect, that can, that, again, doesn't have to berate players or, or, or kind of go up to a podium and just cuss them out. Just demand the respect. Know what you're doing. Know the – the basics of football, guys, this is not that difficult. This game, you know, they try to get cute and make things all fancy. It, it's basic. You, you win with your good offense and defensive lines, and you build everything off of that. It's not that difficult. And for some reason, this Bears organization has no clue how to do this. And that's why I'd say it's an organizational failure you know, compared like what the Ravens do, look like what the Packers do, look like all these 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 winning organizations. Look what they're doing in terms of building that that kind of structure, that power structure that runs from the top all the way down to the bottom. And the Bears just have not been able to get it right. As long as I've I've been a I've been a fan and been covering this team, they just don't get it right.
0: All right. Here's what I'd like to do, guys. Um, we've got some questions that have been posed. I've got about four or five of them. I'm going to uh, <laughs> let's start with that one. There. Uh, I will. I, I, <laughs> I will. I will ask each of you a question, and if somebody wants to comment on the question, just jump in. But I'll start with you, Coach Steve. Do you think that the Bears are going to go zero seventeen? Please
2: no. Please no. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't. Honestly, and, and it's going to get anecdotal right here. I don't think I can take it. I really don't think I can take it. I think a zero seventeen team may cause me to delete my Twitter account and disappear into the oblivion. A zero seventeen team this year like, might might definitely force me back on the sidelines. And I'm and I'm speaking real top. It may it may cause me literally to because you you want to control situations. You want to feel like let's talk about it. Right, we watch our sports team. We follow our sports team because you want to feel like a winner yourself. You want you want to embody your the winning habits of your city sports team. That's why you do it. And guess what? Losing losing is a, you know what I'm saying without getting too crazy and deep about it, losing is a spirit, and it seeps into your soul. There's nothing worse than going waking up on Monday morning and you got to go work for somebody you don't like at a place you don't like, and then you're coming off an L, right? And now you got to try and you know motivate yourself. You want to go into Monday with a with a W. So you can say, like, hey, at least, at least, you know what I'm saying, I got to deal with this a-hole all week of a boss, but at least we won on Sunday, right? So, yeah, no, Tooch, I feel you, bro, but please don't. I appreciate the question, but please don't do that, too
0: <laughs> Danny, I'll ask you this. Uh, it's another Tooch question. It's sort of along the same lines. He asked realistically, how many years behind the rest of the NFL are the Chicago Bears? In other words, how many years
1: is it going to take to rebuild, in your opinion, Danny? Well, and I think that's a hard question because, all right, first of all, I have no confidence in this management and in this in this in this coaching staff. So, assuming that needs to go. Talking about bringing a whole new new regime here, a whole new coaching staff. You know, talking about building up again from and bringing in their players for their system. I mean, you're looking at at two, three years. You know, probably probably four years. Now, the thing with NFL is, if you make smart decisions, smart hires, smart free agency, you know, uh, acquisitions, smart draft picks, you could turn it on quicker. Look at the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, look at some other recent recent examples where you know the the, the right hire, the the right you know, free agent fits, you know, that fit the scheme and. And also uh, the coaching staff that knows how to win, you know, you can go and turn things around. So you know, the Giants last year with 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 their hire there as well. So you know, I I think in overall it, it looks this right now looks like a two three year you know in terms of far away. But if they make the right hire, I think it can be quicker. Because I said this 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 roster doesn't is not like. You know, loaded with talent, but it's got talent on it on both sides of the of the of the ball there. So it's not like it's bare like it was last year. So that's the thing: is like you bring in the right hire, you bring in another you know good solid, um, free agent class, another good you know draft class, and you can turn things around quicker. But it, it all starts with the up top. You know, the the the, the person making the calls, bringing in the right coaching staff, that bringing in the right assistants, you know, coaching these players up. I have yet to see a player. You know, it's been a year and three games now. Get better. In this, you know, because of this staff, I have to yet to and even for this, goes up there week in and week out, we're going to you know, look at the tape, we're going to go back to the drawing board, we got to block out the noise. Well, damn it, the noise is going to get louder and louder because it's 13 games losing streak. It's going to go probably 14 games because I, I bet you Sean Payne's going to come in here and says, you know what, I'm going to light this defense up. Uh, and then, uh, our, can a bear score on that 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 putrid Broncos defense? We'll see. Because if they lose to the to the, Patri- to the Broncos and go 0 four, where do you get the win? The the, the wins now, the, you know, the Arizona Cardinals all of a sudden they're not an easy win. The Atlanta Falcons they're on a, they're not an easy win. So where are these easy wins going to come in from? So to Tuch's earlier question, I don't think they're going to go 0 and safety. I think they'll win a game at least. I think, but you know, it, it's just. It's just everything's broken. Everything's broken right now, from the top to the bottom on, the, on this on this team. And it's again for me, it's an organizational failure.
0: Coach, do you have a drink there? Uh, because I know you're going to need a sip of that cocktail before answering this next question. Oh, no, no, <laughs> Mike asked the question, how many missed open wide receivers were there in the first two games? And if Baygent would have started this year and the offense had worked together two games going two and O would they have played better today? <laughs> Come on, uh, man.
2: I, I, I think there's about five questions in one, right?
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: I don't know if you <laughs> pay me enough for this, Aldo. How many <laughs> I
0: hear you how many,
2: how many miss out wide receivers? I think it was two four misreads. Um, but I think again it's it listen, guys. I know I know what I know what you're trying to bait me into, Mike. So I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and, and and play the game with you. I prefer you I'm going to defer you to uh, the to the, to the uh, TJ tape, the Jenkins tape, and the Kurt Warner tape. Go watch the tape, right? Go watch the tape because they break down exactly why you're missing, why you're missing those wide open throws. Like on the internet, they're going to give you the end shot, the steal shot of a wide open receiver, right? But you have to understand why that happens, why that happens. And I get it. Fans don't know. Luke gets his job description. Y'all don't know what a offensive coordinator does. There's a few guys out there, Jordan, Jordan, Sylvia knows kind of the office, offensive football. There's a few guys out there to get into the details of X's and O's, right? But if you don't know, you know how to do is diagnose the results and go straight to the players, right? So, of course, you know, the result, it doesn't, you don't get the results you want, go to the quarterback. So, yeah, he's, he's missed the reads, but, again, how I tell the story and put you in position all matters. And it's, it's this format, the format for this show is not for that. So I'm not going to try and drive into that. Those other questions, you can throw it back up. But yeah, oh, the Bayesian part. I'm, I'm all for it now because I want the fans to get what they want, right? So I want Bayesian to go into the game and I want Luke Getsey to get Bayesian. And I want y'all to see exactly what the result's going to be with Luke Getsey of Bayesian. I'm telling you, it's going to be the same, right? most offensive coordinators get spo- exposed in year 2. So he may have some early on success with Beijing, but it's not going to be sustained. Listen, let's get this right straight. Luke Gessie is not going on to have a successful career in the NFL as an offensive play caller, right? He's not. Right? He has the he has the communication skills as a as a head coach, but we got we have soft skills and we have technical skills, right? So usually, what your what happens in any industry, not to, let alone co- co- coaching, your technical skills afford you the opportunity to get a head coaching uh, uh, job and influence with your soft skills. But you have to have the technical skills first. And he doesn't. Hell, Matt Eberflus, right now we're seeing he didn't have the technical skills to call defensive coordinator a plays. So we're questioning why did he got, get the job in the first place? So we are where we are. Um, but I do I – do, I think Org- Danny hit on a great point that I don't want to be distracted from this point because Danny made a great point, right? And there, if, if four years is probably the window to fix this team, right? And there's a path, right? I believe what head coaches need to do more of because we got this new world, this soft coaching world that we live in, is the head coach be that soft guy, But you have to go out there and hire seasoned veteran coaches that don't have aspirations of being a head coach like Vic Fangio. I'm not saying bring Vic Fangio here, but watch how the successful organizations did. They had Pittsburgh had Dick LeBeau forever. Right. Dick LeBeau was he was settled into being a defensive coordinator forever. Go find you a Dick LeBeau, Vic Fangio. Some guy that's just like, hey, I'm a defensive guy. You don't have to worry about me going and taking an interview for a head coaching guy. But watch this. Those guys behind the scenes, they are your a holes to your players. You let those guys play bad cop. You get your offensive coordinator. I forget the guy that was in Cleveland. He was a real a hole. But he coached those players hard. Uh, I forget what his name. Todd something. Was it Todd?
0: No, he it wasn't was, Todd. Uh, he went on to work at ESPN. I think he was.
2: On, he was a hard knocks. You know what I'm saying, guy. He was yeah. just real hard on players. Because hey, those guys are going to be in the details, and they're going to be your bad cop. Hire those guys, and then you get your CEO head coach. that gets the, you know, what I'm saying, wear his hair slicked back like Pike Riley, and look cute, and jump out of his BMW and, and Mercedes Benz, and all that stuff. You, you get those guys, man, and let them let them do that part. So, I don't know if I asked you a question, buddy, but good no, it's
0: good. Uh, Greg, were you talking about Greg Williams?
2: Greg, I think it was Greg.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
2: Greg, Greg on the Greg was on the defense side. I'm talking about the offensive guy. Okay. Uh, uh, Matt, yeah.
0: What Yeah. Anyway, we'll we'll uh, leave it. Uh, King Zing, by the way, says uh, Shimon
1: loves Fields. You can see it in his pissed off face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're ruining him. They're ruining Justin Fields. They're ruining a, a talented player. That that you know he he looks lost out there. He, he does. And I agree with, I agree with his assessment last week. And I think today he wanted to say it, but he did. He held back. He didn't want to say it yep. because of the shit storm that started last week. He is being held back. He's it being didn't, ruined. He
2: didn't, didn't even answer the. Uh, I hope y'all caught Todd Haley. That's the guy. Todd Haley is the one. He didn't even ask. Sorry, Danny, I'm going mean, to cut you He didn't even ask the get- Luke Getsey question. He was just yeah. like, yeah, yeah, okay.
1: And, and again, <laughs> and I I think Getsey could be coaching with his hand tied behind his back. I think there, there could be something coming down from up top saying, you know what, we want to see him operate a, a basic, you know, pocket offense. And, and that's something that that, you know, he you could get into that, but you got to sprinkle some other things in there. You got to be a little bit more creative with with the I always go back to, to, to what you know, the scouts have told me before and what other players have told me before, you know, when Trubisky was out there and everyone was hot on Trubisky players would literally laugh at the thought of Mitch Trubisky being an NFL quality quarterback. You know, Justin Fields had nothing last year, he lost ten, 10 games in a row, but the NFL peers voted him one of the top 100 players in the NFL last year. Where does that happen? Because players know other players, and I think this is a talented kid who right now looks lost and confused. And I think they are ruining him. I think this organization is ruining this kid. We talked earlier today. We look—he looks frustrated. He, he does look confused out there. I think today we saw a little bit more of him just kind of taking a little bit more charge. Didn't look good because they're down by you know forty-one nothing. Uh, But I, I think you know just kind of if I'm Getzey. And if I want to save my job and, and if I want to get another job in the NFL, I'm going to come back and say, you know what? All right, I got to do what I got to do with this kid and I, and I got to go ahead and, and help this kid and this offense turn something around and put some points up. Now, could they go ahead and score 27, 28 points next week and still lose? Hell yeah, because this defense still sucks because the, the, the defense man, head coach, doesn't know what the hell he's doing in terms of a defensive play caller. So I, I'm so confused. And going back to the Tyson Bajan thing, again, you know Tyson Bajan you know showed some positives in the, in the preseason against guys that are now working at Walmart. So you know that's the thing. It's like you know I, does he have some things that you can work on, you can build? Sure, he's got some much pocket presence. He's got some good pocket awareness. He shows an old moxie in there. The things I do like. But this is a guy that coming from a Division II system that you, to throw him out to the Wolves, it, it, you would be doing that right now with this system, with this offensive line, with these with, with the way this, this, these games are being called, he would get killed too. So you're gonna go ahead and ruin his potentially his career as well. So so I, I don't i don't get the whole thing like in terms of the whole tyson bajan thing i know it's the, the backup quarterback is always the most popular quarterback but i'm telling you this thing is broken guys from, from yeah. top to bottom i say throw and, him out there to get a fan throw guys out there to, to say to <laughs> fix this thing yeah that's go ahead <laughs> go ahead knock yourself out <laughs> ah,
0: that's hilarious listen guys I got to tell you, this is a sad time for uh, being a Chicago Bears fan. It's a sad uh, era, you know, Uh, what we've seen over the last 20 years and how the Green Bay Packers have surpassed us and dominated us. Uh, The fact that under the George McCaskey regime, we've won, uh, what, one playoff game, I believe it is. Uh, it's, It's just gotten really, really bad. But... The good thing is, is that I get to hang out with the two of you guys for scintillating conversation, for a really thoughtful analysis. I love your passion. I love the passion of everyone in the chat room. Uh, this is I, – I, we've been on now an hour and 12 minutes. I've really enjoyed it. I want to go around the table and ask you guys for your final thoughts. We'll pull the plug on this one, and then we'll be back next week and hopefully be talking about a Bears win. Coach T, I'll start with you, brother.
2: Hey, Aldo, you should be a head coach, right, because that's that's <laughs> – See, even see, like just just that st- that's that phrase alone, right? That's that's the thing. That's the kind of thing you tap into as a head coach to motivate your team, right? Listen, only one team, only one team wins the trophy at the end of the year, anyway, right? But what what the players in the locker room, what the fans are gonna remember are the relationships. You are gonna remember the people we did the show with, you, you know what I'm saying? The people that's in the chat, you are gonna remember gathering around the table with your family, watch the Bears game. That's what's important, right? So yes, th- so think about that. Staying in the moment. Uh, being grateful for the moment. Yeah, we want our teams to win. But keep like I said, you know what I'm saying? At, at, one, at the end of the day, only one team wins the championship. Er- 31 other teams are going to be disappointed. But what's gonna, what you're going to remember is where I was when this happened, whether it's good or bad, and, and keeping things in perspective. So uh, uh, to the chat, to the people that's tapping in, thank you for, for listening to this meatball talk. Um I know it gets frustrating but you know what I'm saying we're going to stick it out. We're not changing teams people. We're not going anywhere. You see I'm all, I'm invested. I'm invested. I got all this I got
1: all this gear so we're not going anywhere.
0: And it ain't cheap, T. Right there,
1: you go. There you go. <laughs> Danny, your final thoughts, please. <laughs> well, Coach T, you know, God bless you because you're invested. But for me, me, I'm broken, man. I, I, usually, like, I come in, I come into these post games, and I and I give some sort of positive, like, all right, you know, this this happened, this was a positive here. We can build off of this, and we're or, or offensively or defensively. But it, it, it's it's I like I said, they they broke me. I, I, at this point, I don't I don't see anything that's going to happen that's positive. Yeah, they may win a win a game or two, but. I, Offensively, there's nothing there that that sparks something. All right, they could do this and, and win. Defensively, like I said, this defense this defense just sucks. I mean, it's it's horrible. Um, you know, the, I guess the only positive is is we got some saw some young players in there. We saw you know uh, Sandborn make a play. You know, we saw the young guy you know Quindell Johnson you know make up make a pick. You know, that the, the two the two safeties that we have are starting safeties. You know, uh, Brisker takes bad angles and, and and you know he was always talked up as being this this potential next you know star in his defense. He, he's taking bad angles. He, he hasn't gotten over that from last year. He gets hurt. He can't stay on the football field. Eddie Jackson wasn't even playing today. So, I mean, we have probably the, the two most brutal safeties out there. Linebackers, you know, which supposedly was an upgrade with, with Tremaine Edmonds and TJ Edwards. And I think we're taking a downgrade from because we lost Roquan Smith from last year. Again, I, I don't see anything positive on a defensive side. Uh, offensively, like I said, I think they, they're ruining Justin Fields. I think you know they're not going to go ahead and change their game plan. I think they're going to continue to bring up the same old crap and every week, and we're going to keep doing this. So unfortunately, the only unfortunate thing is that we have 14 more games of these. And yeah, I mean, I, I mean, they, they've just broken me now. I don't know what I don't know what is positive about this team going forward.
0: Well, we'll get uh, Greg Gabriel's take on uh, (laughs) if he's been broken or if he still has hope or what his take is tomorrow at 11 a.m. That's when we will be back with our Bears programming. We have a full. Week of programming, and we'll try to do our best to find some silver linings. Uh, but again, the silver lining that I have here is the Barroom Barfly Network family. You guys are all great, and hanging out with Coach T and Danny Shimmon for the last hour and 15 minutes has been great. Final advice that I have for everyone, and especially for Danny, is we, we just have to shake it off.